don't know. It's a pre-show where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. Oh, hope everybody had a good week. I know I did. It was all right. Oh, my, glad weekend, to hear. my weekend was a little short. But, man, hey, look at this big poof. A big poof right here. Dude, that's the big problem with my hair. A lot of just little bullshit this week. A lot of news, but it's all just little bits. Hmm. Little bits of news. Well, I guess we can do like a lightning round with it then. Oh, it's definitely going to be lightning. It's going to have to be or we're going to go forever. Because I got like 30 different fucking things. But. Sounds good. There's a lot of stuff in, in the dam. Well, that's lucky. We'll talk about the book I was going to talk about in... Uh, Mona Destruction in uh, Top 3. Well, that works out pretty well. I really enjoyed it. So was it King Grimlock? It. No, that's over. It was good. Oh, my mistake. It was good, though. Uh, yeah, there was a new Transformers book announced. Maybe we'll mention some of that. It's going to be a good time. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add to this week's agenda, sir? Um, not to the news, but I guess in the what we were doing. I did go see oh, the good. Uncharted movie. Oh, good. Yeah, definitely talk about that. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited now. We got something to talk about. You know, that's the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, that's the... All better. Just brought mm-hmm. to a rocky start. <laughs> you don't think anybody will watch that garbage? Some people will watch anything, Scarlet. That's true, Scarlet. I thank God for that, you know? <laughs> That was a great episode of G.I. Joe. That's when Cobra had their own, like, <laughs> they took over, like, cable. Oh, man. That was, like, awesome. Pretend that came out of the 80s. That was surprisingly, like, forward thinking, honestly. It really was. It really was. It's another episode of This Geek in the Comics. Outright Geekers comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. It's Gomer and Taylor. Hey, hey. Gruesome twosome. How's everybody doing? Uh, uh, I'll run through mine quick. Marvelous Miss Maisel is back. Very excited for season. They're only dropping two episodes a week, which I hate. Uh, but I also saw Encanto, which my masterpiece, Chef's Kiss. Oh, are you just now seeing Encanto? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it fell through the cracks, but I mean, it's Lin Manuel. It seems like right up I your know, alley, you know. I know, but I mean, every time this man does put out something. I lose my mind, and oh my god, Luisa's song, the surface pressure, oh, it gets me every time. It's a weight on my shoulders, that song. I love it. Well, the uh, first time I saw it, that's like, this is one of those movies where like I saw it the first time, and it was like, yeah, that was that was pretty solid, but then like it's grown on me since oh then. Oh my like, gosh. I yeah. didn't realize how much those songs had like infiltrated my brain space, you know, and oh. I find myself like a... Uh, like, oh. uh, Isabella's song is the one I think that gets caught in my head the most often. Yeah, great stuff. But you saw something that actually matters. You saw Uncharted. I don't have an image for Uncharted, but... No worries. All right, so a a lot of the reviews I saw about this made me think, okay, this probably isn't going to be very good. But it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be going in. Oh, okay. I guess that's that's raving review. I mean... the shit I thought I was going to see. It wasn't a masterpiece. I was expecting it to be just kind of like a mediocre action movie. But it's a little bit better than just mediocre, I no. think. Um, hints, hints of Indiana Jones? Sure, sure. I mean, it's based off of the Uncharted video game. Which, which I is basically go- Indiana Jones. Yes, it's basically like a Tomb Raider clone, which itself is like an Indiana Jones clone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So, like, we're getting, like, yeah. a photocopy of a photocopy of Indiana Jones here. 
Yeah. But and I should say that I've never played nor do I care about the Uncharted games. So I heard they were great. I've heard good things, but yeah. I like I just mentioned that because like any dissimilarities with the games, I don't know them. Oh, exactly. But, um, yeah, I haven't played them or watched anybody play them, but yeah. they look action-packed. They look like a fucking blast. Yeah, and um, I did recognize from some like trailers I've seen for the game some of the set pieces they used for this game. Yeah, like the hanging from the, the yeah the cargo, uh, cargo trailing from the yeah, yeah. from the cargo plane. Yeah, but my favorite angle to this movie is that they made uh, Fortnite characters out of the movie characters. I love the. Well, uh, meta there. The Fortnite. video game characters turned movie characters turned. I don't know how Fortnite characters. like manages all the licensing they're able to do because it's legitimately very impressive. Oh, they don't. That's not them licensing. That's companies advertising. Oh, I guess that's fair. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I understand what you're saying because it does sort of feel like that, and it does help them. But no, nah, dude, that's all advertising. People are paying them. I'm surprised like Spider-Man feels like it needs to advertise, but you know, regardless. Uh, it was, and dude, they probably don't charge them much, you know, because you're like you're like you're kind of alluding to. It is also helpful for Fortnite to have that content. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a mutually beneficial thing. But anyway, back to this movie though. Yeah, um, sorry, Uncharted. Yeah, um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Like, I enjoy movies where like it's a treasure hunt. Like, I liked those national treasure movies from like I just 15 years those ago. Today. I just watched yeah. those today. Both I'm actually looking forward to the Disney Plus version of it. I am too, dude. Um, it looks awesome. But yeah, I, I enjoy like well, heist I mean, slash treasure hunt movies. So this was kind of in my wheelhouse and not outstanding, but I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Well, that's good. Awesome. That's basically a raving fucking review. Compared to a lot of the other reviews I've seen, yes, it is like significantly above average. Uh, I also did watch the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie on Netflix. How was it's it? Garbage. Oh, and I loved it. Okay, good. So much. That was about to be my follow-up question. I like, mean, is it fun? Garbage. It is just trash, dude. What's the name of the movie again? Oh, we were talking Daisy. Thanks for stopping by. We we're talking about Uncharted. That's the new one with Marky Mark and Spider Man in it. Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland uh, based on the video game. So, yeah. Uh, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, yeah, it's just way over the top, way stupid. And at one point, Leatherface grabs this dude's arm and breaks it. And, like, the bones are popping out, but his arm isn't quite – it's still kind of attached. And then he proceeds to stab him with the own – sharp ends of his own broken bones. So that does sound like kind of like throwback schlock, you know? Yeah, dude. I was like, all right. Okay, I can get into this. I mean, what's Uh, the point of watching a slasher movie if you're not watching just like, you know, gore porn, you know? Yeah, I was talking with somebody and they were like, I just didn't like the plot. And I'm like, the plot? Who fucking cares? You were going into this expecting plot? (laughs) I mean, we were just, you know, clowning, but... Yeah, yeah, I figured, but... It was really funny. Dude. Okay, so it does sound like it's decent brain dead fun, like something to throw oh, yeah. on in October. It, yes, it is decent brain dead fun. It is, yeah, it's right up there. You can just throw it in and have a good gory, you know, background shit going on. But yeah, it's terrible. It's just utter trash. But I loved it so much. Well, some of the, that's like its own genre, you know? Yeah, like, dude. Fun, bad horror movies. Yeah. Like to be honest, like most of the Friday the Thirteenth movies and like the Hellraiser movies and like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, they're all bad. 
Like they're just yeah. objectively like stupid, but they're fun. They know? are so much fun, dude. Yeah. And I mean, like Freddy is a great character. Chucky is a great character. And that's kind of why you're watching. Well, those, those. guys actually have personalities, which yes. gives them a good leg up over like your Michael Myers's and, and your Jason Voorhees's and your yeah. leather faces of leather the world. facing. He's, he's just a kill, a supernatural. He's not even really supernatural. You know, he takes his, yeah. Legs. They're just like big, like, gorillas with weapons yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. dude, it's a gorilla with a chainsaw okay a, a homicidal gorilla uh so yeah everybody should watch that it's it's awesome but it's the worst movie it's so bad i loved it uh all right let's see, do news uh as previously mentioned most of these are really super fast quick hits we're gonna take a look at a lot of new comics that were announced um but we don't talk about Bruno, but we have to talk about Comixology. All right. Um, the premier digital comics platform purchased by Amazon years ago. Uh, but a few months ago or so, uh, the biggest internet retailer in history, Amazon, announced that it was basically shuttering Comixology and moving all of that content into their already created e-reader platform, Kindle Reader. On a side note, I always found it really ironic that a huge corporation named after a jungle that is being destroyed by fire names their shit Kindle and like fire. Okay. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, that's evil. That's evil shit y'all. Um, but anyway, uh, the change is terrible. Uh, there's been a lot of people bitching online and rightfully so it's not working. Um, people, you read comics differently than you read yeah, it's not going to be like just a direct one-to-one adaptation. It doesn't work. It doesn't um, work. The library section is fucked. It's not great. It's not great. And that's not even touching on like the DRM. There's a DRM part to it now. And people have lost their jobs, you know, obviously, because there's no more Oh, well, yeah. Anytime you uh, – I'm sure some people got, you know, to be part of the transition, but it's never everyone, you know? Nope. nope. So, yeah, Comixology is fucked right now. That's all I got on comicsology, basically. See, I told you they're all quick. Um, yeah, it's a shame, but yeah, not much to say about it. And you don't even use that service. I don't, but you know, like, I re- I recognize that that was the way a lot of people got their got to read their comics. You know, yeah. and it's a shame that this is hurting people who that's their way of getting the content. You know, exactly. Uh, moving right along, JLA Avengers is being reprinted. Uh, this is like kind of like a soap opera. Uh, this was done back in the day. The amazing George Perez uh, with Kurt Busiak did this as a cross-promotional sort of thing. Uh, basically, when comics were in the shitter, you know, they had just yeah. had a really bad time. So this, like this is coming off of the so-called Dark Ages. Like this, yeah. uh, this original run of this, right, was like late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Uh, it was in the 90s. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. So, um, uh, okay. So it's going to – they're redoing it now, Okay. Uh, George Perez is very sick. Uh, he has cancer. He has decided to forego treatment and is just going to, you know, pass away. More power to him. Uh, he's definitely done enough in his life. He will is a legend and will, you know, always oh have his yeah voice spoken. You know, unimpeachable. Yeah, yeah. But via the Hero Initiative, uh, Marvel and DC decided to bury the hatchet, you know, so to speak, over distribution of this. Uh, all the proceeds are going to go to charity. They're only doing 7,000 copies. If you want one, call your comic. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, do that now because that's going to be gone fast. I got my order in as soon as the code went live on Diamond. So uh, they're selling it for 30 bucks. Uh, It's going to be a uh, 
64. Oh, it's going to have the whole four issues. It's 288 softbound. Um, it's actually 2003. Yeah, so it was early 2000s. Four issue co-publishing venture between DC and Marvel. Uh, a retail price of $29.99. And yes, only 7,000 copies. Uh, it's a good thing, okay, to buy this to help out um, the Hero Initiative, uh, to have a copy of this timeless book. And yeah, don't sweat that um, 30 bucks. You could flip this probably the next week for double. Yeah, I mean, this is a good purchase in very various ways, right? It's yep. a it's a good investment because, yes, you almost certainly be able to flip this pretty well. Um, it is going to charity, and that's a worthy investment in its own right. And this is a legitimately great book. This is actually one of my most beloved books that I have yeah. in my collection. Yeah, it's um, so good. It is George Perez. I saw reacted to this, saying that uh, um, this is his uh, his fan project, right? This is like his love letter, and it absolutely shows. Yeah, him and Kurt Busiek, they do a great job, like making this good fan service. Not fan service, like you know, like sexy fan service, but like end game. Yeah, end like, game style, like fan, style service. fan service. Yeah, it's made it by works. fans for fans, and yeah. it's a love letter to the genre. And yeah. it's really good. It's way better than it has any right to be. It's, it's so, yeah, it's so much better sad. than that amalgam stuff. And like oh, the, uh, yeah. if your only experience with the DC Marvel crossovers is like Marvel versus DC, this is so much better than that. Yeah, it's so much better, dude. It's fantastic. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, Wild Cards is coming back. Uh, there was a Wild Cards book somewhere. I don't know where. Um, but this is actually a prequel, Wild Cards, The Drawing of Cards, number one. Paul Cornell and Mike Hawthorne are doing it at Marvel. Um, so, yeah, that's really weird. Uh, this is written by George R.R. R. Martin. That's why it's such a big deal. And basically, uh, there's like an alien thing. Some people die. Um, there's like a virus. Some people get infected by a, a virus, an alien virus. Some people die. Some people... Uh, come out of it being like strange and mutated and then some people come out with superpowers right and they're either good or evil so it's this yeah, that's where at the lottery there yeah it, right it's this big huge you know basically superhero universe but it was all done in in novel format and short stories over like 30 you know all together maybe more than that like novels and short stories put together from george R. R. martin that dude can write you know at least he used to I mean, when he does write, yeah, he's a good writer. But, <laughs> yeah, he's great at it. Yeah, I mean, he's great at it. This is one of the things I'd never heard of this. So, soup. I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure what that is. No idea. But um, I thought so, you maybe knew. Maybe. No idea. But, it might be um, a wild. It might be a wild cards thing. I, I, I mean, I've I've read some of it, but man, it's been like in high school. It's been so long ago. But yeah, um, I. If you knew about this before and you're a fan of it, I'm glad for you. I am. Mm -hmm. But like other than George R.R. R. Martin's name being attached to this, that's the only thing that like made me like, you know, take a second yeah. glance at it. Oh, yeah. It's just everything in one story. Sure. Yeah. There is a lot to two wild cards. You might be talking about JLA Avengers, but yeah, there's a lot going on in wild cards. That is uh, an appropriate description of JLA Avengers, though, because like yeah, they true. like yeah. basically the plot of this is just like how many toys can we throw into this toy box? And, you know, yeah. they do a pretty, they handle it pretty well. They come with a smart way to like get, you know, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel, not knowing which one of them you're talking to, you know? Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. 
Uh, all right, moving on. Wonder Twins movie has been uh, confirmed. It's going to be at HBO Max. Warner Brothers has tapped Al- Adam Stickiel. Stickiel, Stickiel. I don't know his name. To write and direct. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for the upcoming Black Adam movie. Martin Bowen and Wick Godfrey are going to produce under the Temple Hill banner, which has a track record of doing shit like uh, Twilight and Maze Runner. Uh, so that kind of tells you where this movie is going to go. It's going to be sort of a you know teenage sort of thing uh it would be my belief that the russell run is where they're going to pull from uh, i think it's the quintessential modern day run it might be the only modern day it's run. the only one that i know of yeah, yeah. i mean the wonder twins are characters <laughs> that kind of have like the stigma of being part of that super friends cartoon yeah you know the super friends cartoon was okay very, for its time it was very of its time yeah which yeah. is to say very stupid but in like an endearing kind of way yeah but yeah, since this, that's the only exposure most people have to these characters, I feel like it's pretty hard to take them seriously. So yeah, that was, I think, the only time they've tried to take a crack at it in the last few years. Was, and uh, Russell did okay. Russell's run. It was no, all he right. did a solid job. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. And you know, there's there's a story to tell here. So this yeah. could be end up being pretty cool. It's just a matter of the burning, real burning question is who will play Gleek in, in the movie? It's the only thing that matters. Yeah. It is. Uh, all right, we did get an early look at Bone Orchard. Uh, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino, uh, arguably the best team in comics, and it looks amazing. Um, I mean, we only get you know just a few pages here, but oh man, I'm so excited by this. This is starting like a huge sort of shared horror universe. You know? I mean, that looks cool as hell, yeah. Yeah, so it's called The Passageway. It's an original graphic novel. It is due out Wednesday, June 15th. Um, it, it tells a complete dark and mysterious story, but it also opens the door to this larger universe of the board, uh, pardon me, of the bone orchard mythos, uh, that they're setting up. And I mean, that's one of, this is one of the big things in comics that I am really, really excited for over the next, you know, few weeks or few months, I guess. So, uh, yeah, look out for that Wednesday, June 15th. I can't wait. I can't wait. And it's an OGN, so there's no excuse, Taylor. That's how you buy oh, your okay, stuff sorry, anyway. Okay. That's how you buy your <laughs> stuff anyway. Yeah, I'll probably check that out. Yeah. Uh, we may have talked about this. The new Thunderbolts team. Did we talk about the new Thunderbolts team? I don't remember. Um, Jim Zub and Sean Izoxi, uh Hawkeye-led Thunderbolts team. My with- first reaction to the Thunderbolts team is these are not criminals being turned to, like, you know, a chain yeah. gang fighting crime. So why? We, how is this a Thunderbolts team? Yeah, it's weird. A Thunderbolts initially was like a bunch of bad guys pretending to be good guys. And then yeah, and ever on, since then, they've basically <laughs> been Marvel Suicide Squad. Yeah, later on, it was a bunch of bad guys forced to be good guys, you know, with had varying degrees of success there. But yeah, I have no fucking idea why they're... they're yeah, none of these characters... Uh, I mean, Hawkeye was a former villain, but that was such a long time ago, and that was such a brief thing that Don't no count. one really... Yeah, no one hardly thinks of that connection really yeah it don't count no more yeah and then we have a uh, photon and uh ms america or america chavez and i think well, that's the new power spectrum. oh okay okay and that's the new power man i think back there yeah power man persuasion is yeah, on so here i don't think any of these guys are criminals i don't know persuasion and i don't know the big guy in the back corner the there the big guy in the back is brand new his name okay. is gutson glory which is I, dumb yeah i don't care for that but um dumb yeah, he is a cyber soldier seeking new glory. Uh, I have faith in Jim Zub. Jim I Zub do have faith in writer. Jim Zub. Jim Zub is amazing. 
I just I'm confused as to how this is a Thunderbolts. It sounds like shit. It sounds like it's gonna be garbage. It's a five yeah. issue miniseries. But hey, Jim Zub gets you a solid maybe. Exactly. Like, even when I don't really understand why this is anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's going to drop May 25th. Look for that. Uh, it wouldn't be new uh, DC Comics if there wasn't a new Batman. Uh, DC announces new comic series, Batman Fortress, Gary Whitta, and Derek Robertson. Love that Derek Robertson. Uh, can DC's Dark Knight stop an invasion? Uh, when an unknown alien ship enters Earth's atmosphere, disrupting global power and communications, the world is left wondering, where is Superman when he is needed most? In the mysterious absence of the last son of Krypton, Batman must rally the Justice League to counter the alien threat. But first, he must quell a crime wave. I mean, this sounds like a damn Batman story. Right? Yeah, Gary, I mean, yeah, this sounds like, you know, take your pick. It sounds like Joker War. It sounds like Fear State. It sounds like, yeah. you know, countless other things, except that it's aliens this time instead of, you know, the supervillain of the week. Right. Uh, Gary Whitta wrote Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and he also wrote the Book of Eli. Uh, so this dude knows how to write stuff, maybe not comics. I mean, it could be cool. I mean, that's a that's not a terribly like unique sounding premise, but it does sound like you know it could make for a fun story. So I'm not writing it off or anything. I'm just yeah. And Derek Robertson is world famous. The Boys, Transmetropolitan. I mean, two of the best comics ever written. They're up there, top fifty. You know, at least just some great books. Uh, that's going to launch on May 24th. Uh, I love this variant. I think this is the Dolly variant cover that uh, is a cool cover i love that variant cover so yeah look out for that you know it always batman books this is pretty fun this is the uh cover to issue number two the main cover i kind of like that batman has like an entourage behind, behind him. yeah i mean that that's it's fun sure. and stupid uh all right moving on because yeah we got a lot to get through scotty young and kyle stram are teaming up for a new uh fantasy comic called twig uh, the only thing you need to know about Scotty Young is he did I Hate Fairyland, he did Middle West, he also did The Wizard of Oz, okay? This dude knows how to write fantasy. He knows his his shit when it comes to this. This drops Wednesday, May 4th. It's the first day of Twig's new job as a journeyer on a Jeff Smith's Bone-esque quest. I was just say- about to say, this kind of gives me bone vibes. <laughs> it, it gets even weirder. Jeff Smith's Bone-esque quest to save the dark crystal labyrinth style world. And it's like, okay, let's just take all the cool fantasy shit ever created. And we'll just throw it all into one comic. Uh, does get a sweet uh, peach Momoko cover. Uh, there are uh, virgin variants of all three of those. And yeah, here's the interior. It looks solid, dude. It's the only reason I picked it. Yeah. It I mean, really fun. I, Look at this. Look at that. That looks <laughs> awesome i mean yeah this does kind of give you a bone vibe this does kind of give you a jim hansen vibe i mean if that's what they're trying to ape here they are doing a pretty good job of that and so yeah like you said scotty young definitely knows how to write these types of stories yeah so yeah this this could be a lot of fun it does look very adorable i think so too uh moving on x-men green a new x-men comic uh this is actually a print of a digital first uh, it's going to drop uh, the 18th and then in uh, May 18th and then June 22nd. It's Gary Duggan and Emilio Laiza. It's basically, oh, did I not pop it up? It's basically Wolverine uh, hanging out with Nature Girl. That's it. Yeah. 
so was this like if it was 2018 originally is that back when they were still doing like the color x-men teams like a uh, red no and gold? this is in the Krakoan age did i say 20 oh no 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 it the first issue drops may 18th oh okay okay Mine yeah mistake. and then june 22nd uh it's going to be told across only those two issues uh and it also has bonus content on top of what originally came out on x-men unlimited uh yeah there you go i love is Nathan Sauron a mutant? Is who? Sauron. Well, I don't know. Mr. Sinister ain't a fucking mutant. They let him on the damn island. Well, I mean, like, he has, like, a version of him that's a, a mutant. I don't fucking know, man. I don't remember. I love that cover. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Nature Girl. I don't know why. She's just really fun. Uh, Moving on. This one, uh, you're going to love. Um, Yes, the Rorschach team. Of Tom King and Jorge Fornes, uh, along with Dave Stewart, take another trip to the farthest reaches of the DC Universe in a new book called Danger Street. There's another cover. These interiors look freaking amazing. I love this cover, too. The Dr. Fate variant. Yeah. But, yeah, here's some of the interiors. Uh, joining the Justice League is a goal for any superhero, but what happens when the quest for membership takes a sinister turn? Join Starman, Metamorpho, and Warlord as they look to prove themselves worthy by summoning and defeating Darkseid in battle. Soon they'll learn that calling upon a new god never ends well, and their world is headed for disaster as a result. Uh, you know Tom King. Each person the heroes encounter plays a crucial role in this sprawling yet gripping narrative that is a little bit silly. A whole lot of dark and completely cool. That's May 3rd. It's yeah. Black Label. 12-issue Black Label series. I mean, Tom uh, King does some of yeah. his best stuff when they throw him, like, some Z-list characters that no one gives a shit about. And I think just, he like, loves Do whatever you want. Listers. Yeah. Think, yeah, basically, that's all he's done. Outside of, like, uh, the crisis that he did, what was that weird crisis he did? Oh. Um, crisis Identity. Not Identity Crisis. It was. It was Identity Crisis, I think. No, that's older. Oh, no, no. That was, like, the old Justice League thing, yeah. It I know some, what you're talking about. I yeah, it was some it was weird, weird crisis where they the thing where they shat all over Wally West. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. They oh, did. heroes in danger. Uh, heroes in crisis. Heroes in crisis. That's right. Yeah, okay. heroes in crisis. Jeez, there's been a lot of crises. It, okay, it's hard to keep track. Not everything is a crisis, DC. Okay, keep crying wolf. Uh, so yeah, Danger Street looks good. It's fucking Tom King. Uh, Image is doing a new book called uh i hate this place right here's the cover for it uh it's just about a couple who buys a house and the house is haunted right sounds cool why am i talking about it though because they have a variant cover with fuck this place as the title oh that's I, fun i need this variant all right it's hot spec i need to find that variant i'm gonna get it uh that book comes out uh in may uh, Kyle Starks is writing it. He did all kinds of fun stuff, including a book called Rock Candy Mountain, which I adore. Uh, uh, our Tommy Topolin uh, is doing the art. Uh, they were in a book called Ice Cream Man Presents during the quarantine. They did Ice Cream Man. And Lee Luffridge is doing the uh, coloring on there. So that book's going to be hot. Keep an eye out for that. New Aquaman book has been announced called Aquaman Andromeda. Uh, it's a new Black Label miniseries from Ram V and Christian Ward. The series is said to feature elements of psychological horror. I'm stoked for this. This is going to be cool. Great writer, even better artist. Look at that. Oh, my God, Christian Ward. I mean, Draw that, my life. That is kind of an interesting idea, right? Because, like, Aquaman 
hangs out in the sea, and the sea does have kind of like a pedigree, right, for like eldritch horror. Oh, for sure. I mean, in the fucking I mean, Aquaman yeah, movie, he's riding a Cthulhu at the end yeah. of that damn movie. You know, I mean, for sure, there's that that sort of shit. Uh, this is only a three issue Prestige Plus format. Uh, I love that Tom King doing twelve issues at Black Label in Prestige format. That book's going to be two hardcover collected collections big. Um, so yeah, I'm stoked for this. Brian Hitch is doing a variant cover and Reek is doing a 125 and there's a Christian Ward foil variant one in 50 for this book. That is, it's going to be really hot. It's going to be really hot, dude. So, uh, yeah, I'm stoked for that. Very excited to get that book. Uh, finally, I think this is all we got. Duo has been announced. Now earth M is the new thing now over at, at DC. They announced they were doing this, that when they brought Milestone back, it wasn't just going to be in one city. It wasn't just going to be characters that we saw in the past. They were really bringing Milestone back in a big way. And this is the first book that's yeah, new um, in this the Milestone is the, universe. Yeah, this is the first step outside of Dakota, because I know all the books they yeah. have so far are just in that one city with characters from the past. So yeah, cool to see that them uh, expanding the universe wasn't just a bunch of hot air. Yeah, no shit. And it's a great idea. Uh, like you said, this is joining Static, Icon, Rocket, and Hardware um, in 2022. It's only getting bigger. Okay. The first title is called Duo. It's a six-issue limited series. Two lovers, uh, both scientists, you know, but they do like the nuclear man thing. I don't. I think that's his name. No, he's one of the nuclear men. They combine. Through a nanotechnology experiment, and they're merged. Uh, it gives them extraordinary powers, but it also has erased the boundaries between them. Uh, and I mean, that could be the worst thing to ever happen. You know, you're a significant other being able to just know everything. Yeah, I mean, oh, man. even if it's not like something like lurid or anything, there are yes. things that, like you know, we just kind of keep to ourselves and. Yeah, and that's, that's offensive enough when you're in a relationship. You know, you don't know who's going to think what is important. Uh, number one, it's going to be written by Greg Pak, drawn by Koi Fam. Scott Han is getting in on there. Uh, DK Ruan is getting uh, a variant cover. So is Dennis Cowan. And there is a 1 in 25 variant from Nimit uh, Malavia. I think this is that 1 in 25 variant. I'm not sure. But, yeah, this is going to be a hot book. This is... This is the new shit, you know, Milestone is, and they're Asian characters, you know, they're from that part of the world. And I really think that it is DC's goal, just like they said, to become more, you know, worldly, to get out there and, and do that sort of shit. I mean, it's a good thing to do. And it's the thing that makes the most business sense nowadays, right? Like no. you want to, you want to expand that market. For sure. Uh, so yeah, again, that was our rapid fire. Let's get into some food news because this is disgusting. This mm, oh, God damn it. Yummy. I know these are your favorite. All right. Let's uh, get it over with. I even have it. We're going to continue the trend of one bad one, one good one. So Taylor doesn't just quit the show. I appreciate it. I really do. You're welcome. The first one is the bad one. The Idaho Potato Commission launches a limited edition French fry scented perfume. Oh, Lord. Tips. Oh, my gosh. All right, I don't know if you've ever known anyone who has worked the fryer at a restaurant. I, I have known such people. You don't need this. Work one shift at the fucking fryer. You will never get that smell off of you, okay? Never. Never. 
I mean, I smell like fries when I just make them at home, you know, like (laughs) you don't need the perfume for the, and uh, this is one of those things where like, why would you want to, you know, like I love French fries. They're great. That, you know, I'll eat them every day if I could. I don't want to smell like a French fry. Yeah. This is, I don't enjoy them because of the way they smell. I wouldn't like, you know, be like, do you smell like fries? You know? Mm. Yeah, ooh, you sm- I mean, come on, you smell like fried potatoes. Do you want to bang? What? No. No. Not because you smell like potatoes. Yeah, that is a that is a barrier to attraction, not uh, a cause for it, you know. You, yeah. You, yeah, for sure. Go to the Idaho Potato Commission's website. You can get it for uh, a bottle of a do- uh 1.7 ounces, a dollar 89. So yeah, it's Oh, I guess it's affordable at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this ain't uh DK. Okay, All if right. this was their Alpine. way of like trying to like buy up some excess potato crop or something like that, okay. But it's fucking weird. It's fucking Yeah. Weird. Uh but our good one, Coca-Cola has unveiled a space-themed uh flavor called Starlight. Coca-Cola Starlight goes on sale Monday. Uh, tomorrow, the 21st. Uh, now, Coke is doing this whole thing, and we talked about it. They're doing this Coca-Cola Creations. Uh, it's a platform that takes the iconic brands and lends it to new expressions, driven by collaboration, creativity, and cultural connections. Well, that's it's, a lot of corporate buzzwords there. Yeah, but, It's woke um, Coke. It's woke Coke. Okay, so what does this one specifically taste like, though? Because, uh, like- Starlight features a subtle cooling sensation that builds, capturing the feeling of a cold journey in space. The drink itself is close to the color of Coca-Cola, but it has a slight reddish hue inspired by the light of stars. Okay. Which star? Uh, is this Krypton's fucking yeah, star? Yeah, I guess it's it's Rao or something like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're partnering with a pop star, Ava Max, who I don't know who that is. I'm I'm not. I, I'm not cool enough to know who that is, I guess. But So, yeah, it'll be okay. available for a limited time, 12-ounce bottles and 10 packs, uh, seven and a, and a half ounce mini cans. Both in original and uh, sugar-free, zero sugar options. Uh, so this is intriguing enough that I'd, I'd give it a try. I am going to definitely find some and give it a try. I will let you know if if I get some on on the show. Uh, all right, shit. I don't know. Should we, let's just fucking do it because then I can get this shit out of here. Go for it. All right. Usually, uh, this is your uh, your solo hour here. Going usually, for Taylor is here for this shit. But man, there was so much good news. Uh, yes, IDW is is publishing a lot of shit before they lose the license at the end of the year. But Paramount got on a call to investors. There's a new animated movie coming out, Beast Wars, the new live action movie, which is going to drop on on June 9th, 2023. Now uh, is the first of a trilogy of movies. That's fucking awesome. Uh, and there's a new animated series coming to Nickelodeon. Um, it's directed by... Uh, oh, the animated film that they're doing is directed by Josh Cooley, who did Toy Story 4. Man, it's oh, awesome no. news. It's Man, awesome news. I did not care for Toy Story 4, I will it was say. All right. It was all right. Three was like a perfect ending. And oh, so my gosh. Four Dude. has like... A- it it at least it at least it's more resentment from me than anything else because oh. they really should have quit while they were ahead. Dude, I consider Toy Story to be up there for the best trilogies of all time. Oh yeah, I mean that's it's amazing. That is a valid argument to make. I there, yeah. love it. I love it. 
Uh, but now they did announce uh, Last Bot Standing, which is a new comic coming out as part of uh, IDW, you know, losing the license and swapping over. So that's going to be by Nick Roche and EJ Sue. I had to get through that because, man, that was awesome. Uh, Transformers number 40 did come out. It was fucking awesome. Uh, I, know oh, we shit, I know we shit on this book all the time, but, man, uh, there's only three issues left to Brian Ruckley's run, uh, and he's finishing off strong, man. He's finishing off strong. It was, yeah, it was a whole, whole lot of fun. Well, I'm glad to hear that it's going out on a high note, seemingly. Yeah. There was another book that we could talk about for Instruments of Destruction, or The Moment of Destruction, but I'm going to save it for my top three because, damn it, it was that good. So oh, let's wow. do it. I know, man. Let's show it. Uh, Taylor, I guess you should go first, brother. All right. Um, you want me to? I don't care. That's cool. I got it. Um, I'll do an honorable mention for uh, Flash number seven seventy nine. It's you know, it's always it's always fun. Yeah. I did not get that variant because that's kind of weird. Out. Yeah, but I like sure. this variant. I liked I liked all of the. Uh, I forget who the artist was here, but she did a few this this week. Yeah. Uh, good call. Good good shout out. Good shout out. Um, I got the first issue of Iron Fist, which, you know, there was, it was a, oh. it was a fun read. It had like some like Kung Fu action. It was kind of nice. It did kind of have like an annoying element where it is indeed like Swordmaster is like the new, um, yeah. Iron Fist here. And he had a really bad case of being a stupid angsty teen who doesn't take five fucking seconds to explain the goddamn situation. And instead it's like, that. leave me alone, old man. You don't I understand. I hated this book. That's stupid. It, it, I hate it, it when it, that happens. It felt like I had read this book a dozen times before. Um, I don't know why they're making Swordmaster into Iron Fist. He was relevant as Swordmaster. Swordmaster was a good book. Um, I, I don't get it. I, I don't like this at all. It's like when Amadeus Cho became Hulk. I liked Amadeus fucking Cho as Amadeus Cho. You don't have to change him. He was already cool. Uh, yeah, I hated this book. It was It was bad. I thought it was a solid first issue, but good, nothing good special. Spec issue. Good spec issue. You know, sure first thing. issue of, of Swordmaster as I um, Also yeah, do an okay. uh, honorable mention for King Conan number three. Um, Jason Aaron continues to do well. Like, you know, like you were saying, like your favorite parts of the book are where he's just like telling kind of like the micro stories of like his yeah. adventures. And yeah. Conan really lends himself well to that type of storytelling because like Conan has like had so many like balls to the walls, like outrageous bullshit adventures. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, this continues to be a lot of fun. It's definitely worth checking out. Awesome. Um, my number three though, is going to be uh, X lives of Wolverine. Number three. Nice. That is my number two book this week. Yeah. Um, Let me find the cover. <laughs> The artwork in here is a big part of the appeal. Like those big, like two page spreads where we're seeing like the snippets of this one. the different lives. No, no, really. Not that one. That's we'll get to that one eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Fucking that. Moby Dick that. is like Omega Red. Like, oh, I they keep that. finding like more and more like, oh shit, like things for Omega Red to be possessing yeah. in the past, including. Look. Go ahead. Oh, there yeah. it is. Go ahead. Yeah. That's the one I was talking about specifically. Yeah. I couldn't but, yeah. find it. That is uh, rad as hell. That is um, fucking epic shit, dude. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I don't have a problem with this book at all. It just keeps getting better and better. Uh, 
and and the event keeps getting better. We're halfway through the overall uh, event, basically, right? It's five issues. Yeah. Eight, um, so. Yeah, we are. Uh, I think yeah, officially at the halfway point of this whole shebang yeah. at this point. Uh, just action packed. It's steeped in Wolverine lore, dude. I mean, fucking Romulus shows up. I was not expecting to ever see Romulus again. Yeah. Um, one of the big strengths of this book is that it is a. It's a. It's a greatest hits tour of like Wolverine's those long and best, convoluted past. Those are his best books, dude. Wolverine Origins from Daniel Way was some of the best Wolverine writing that I've ever experienced. And it was all big retcon. The whole every yeah. issue changed something about his past. And the fun of this series is they're trying to not do that. They're trying to have Wolverine revisit his past without changing it. If Itsu dies, Dokken isn't born. You know, uh, at one point they're even talking about putting a uh, like the, a Cerebro unit with all the mutant backups into a black hole so they can get away with keeping people. From yeah, so they're like a time space time. paradox doesn't oh, like fuck things up here. Crazy, but shit, yeah, um, one of the great strengths of Wolverine as a character is that he does have such a long past for you to pull from and they're doing a yeah. great job with that here yeah. saber tooth and the bees bees yeah the bees and yeah we also got cool action it's ben percy knows how to write wolverine like yeah. this book is at times heartbreaking at times exhilarating and yeah it's just it's a whole lot of fun um, uh, and, i mean percy knows the character but he also knows how to write a comic getting the being the all right we weren't really sure how Omega Red was doing what he was doing. Yeah. And this um, issue, we figure it out. Uh, Homeboy's using the uh, Cerebro sword. And I'm like, oh, of course he is. Duh. Yeah, I thought it was fucking genius, dude. Yeah, so they did a good job, like, teasing that out. Like, this yeah. has been fun the whole time. But, like, that first issue is like, how the hell is this happening? What's going right. on? But now we are finally, like, it, our patience is rewarded, you know? Yeah, and I think it's just a great, great way uh, for them to write this book, dude. Um, yeah, Omega Ray getting possessed by a whale. Oh, and the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger where Omega yeah, is like, fuck Wolverine it. I'm just, is, uh... just going to possess Wolverine. And I was like, oh shit, that's a great idea. Yeah, that is one of those, how are they going to get out of this one type yeah. of things. But... Well, Gene, Gene, he's I know, I, yeah, to Gene's probably going to do like psychic jujitsu yeah. for him, but yeah, he's connected to the most powerful. It is a good stinger though, because like in the moment, at least you're like, oh, well, this is a problem, <laughs> you know? If Omega Red is able to do what he's doing, why can't Gene and Professor X do the same fucking thing? Maybe they could. I don't know. Ah, awesome. Uh, I'll go. Uh, honorable mentions. I'm sure we're going to mention this again. Nightwing, solid as always. Yeah, that's my um, number two. Yeah. Uh, Primordial. I just wanted to mention this. Uh, Primordial number six, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, this is the final issue, so I had to bring it up. Arguably, again, the best creative team in the industry today. And this book is a great example of why. Uh, it's full of heart. It's full of deep sci-fi. It's got this this meta shit going on, more morality. It's it's just awesome, dude. Jeff Lemire is just a master uh, of his craft. He's amazing at writing fucking comics. I mean, um, yeah, he is definitely a contender for the best writer working today. He's amazing. Yeah, he's just brilliant. So, uh, But my number three, I'm not even sure you're reading this book. Hulk number four, Donnie Cates and Ryan Otley. Uh, it's just big, dumb, stupid fun, and I fucking love it. Here, this is why. Uh, okay, I, I'll let me read this. This is the the front page synopsis. 
Bruce Banner has somehow managed to split the Hulk into three distinct parts. The Hulk's body has been turned into a starship. Banner's psyche pilots the starship from within Hulk's mind. And the Hulk's psyche fuels the starship with his anger, which Banner harnesses by locking the Hulk in the quote-unquote engine room and sending escalating levels of opponents for him to fight. All right, that's fucked up. That is crazy-ass shit that is going on, right? But the next paragraph, Banner piloted his starship Hulk through a portal to an unstable pocket dimension and was brought to an alternate universe by another version of Bruce Banner. In this reality, Bruce never became the Hulk, and the Gamma Bomb test was so successful that Bruce's father-in-law, President Thunderbolt Ross, used it to wage war and establish the United States as an undisputed superpower. All right, that's really all you need. How is this not on everyone's fucking list this week? That is amazing shit going on. Uh, but yeah, that's basically what's happening. Stage four. This is Banner sending shit to the engine room for Hulk to fight so that he gets angrier and beats the shit out of and he's able to beat the shit out of people easier. Just huge big giant spreads. This is Ross trying to destroy uh the starship Hulk, you know, with all his cool weapons. Look, just Ryan Otley just working just working and then in typical kate's fashion it ends with spider-man a fucked up game of spider-man from a different universe dude it's just big dumb stupid i mean i love it so much it's so ridiculously dumb. yeah and we've said before that like this is probably the way to go do a hard pivot away from what they were doing in immortal hulk and just make yeah. it fun you know yeah there's no way they were going to be able to to surpass what was going on in the Hulk using the same tone and tenor. Yeah. But if you do this, he went full Michael Bay with this. All right. Basically it's just, it's stupid. It's so stupid, but man, I love it so much. Uh, all right. Number two. Uh, my number two was uh Nightwing number 89. Nice. Um, you know, Tom Taylor's two uh, mainstay DC books, Nightwing and uh, Superman, Son of Kal-El, are both uh, pretty common features on our top threes here. Yes. And, uh, yeah, this is a... Crossover. Pre- yeah, it's a pretty cool crossover of both. I like the dynamic that these two have. I like the way he writes uh, a younger Dick Grayson being able to, you know, calm... Th- be able to comfort a child in a way that Bruce could not, you know? Yeah. And I like them interacting as adults. It makes sense, you know, that Nightwing would be the guy funding this uh, truth to power journalism thing that Superman yeah. finds himself involved in now. Yeah, um, it's, it's really fun, Taylor, taking the two portions of the DC universe that he's playing in currently and pushing them together, smashing them together. Yeah. It works so well. I mean, anyone who hasn't been reading the Superman book will have no fucking idea what is going on here. Oh yeah. You have to be reading both. Yeah. You you should be reading both though. They're both. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, best line in this is, uh, Superman's robot saying, Dick, you dropped this at me really fast. Uh, when he threw the the stick. Yeah, out. that was really fun. Uh, Barbara had the second one. Hey, there's a robot petting our dog. I mean, just yeah. Uh, but that's just the the master. He, Tom Taylor can take like the beginning where it's this emotional moment where Dick is juggling, you know, to entertain this kid, and then he he feels bad about not going and helping him sooner. Yeah, and I, it, I like the thing. Yeah. Where it's like 
I said I'd help Superman ask me for help. What the fuck have I been doing? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just really fun stuff that, that he's been pulling from there. So yeah, excellent choice. Um, yeah. I'm anxious to read the next issue, which is going to happen in, in son of Kal-El the next. The next yeah. Time. Uh, my number two was X lies of Wolverine. Uh, number three, uh, t- honestly, pound for pound, some of the best stuff on shelves right now. Uh, it's so fun. It's so interesting. Every all this cool shit is going on. Uh, yeah, definitely pick that up. And the variant covers are hot as hell too. So, uh, yeah, that leads us to number one. There can only be one thing. I think for- it'll probably be the same for both of us. Um, no. mine is X Men number eight. It was solid, but it is not my number one. Okay, well, but yeah, um. This continues to be a one of the better flagship titles, right? That either yeah. Marvel or DC is putting out. Um, I really like the way that they uh, writ Modoc in this. I also really like the dynamic they're giving between uh, Cy- uh, not CyberSync and um, Laura here. Laura, uh, it's o- it feels like it's over. It is, but like I like the way that they're handling it. Like, and he didn't right. even write the setup for this. Hickman did, and he has picked up that ball and ran with it really, right. really well. He's done right. a good job, kind of like yeah, giving us like subtle things here and there. And yeah, it is kind of heartbreaking when like Sink gets to the end and he realizes that you know this is never really going to work because is even if I end up together with this version of Laura it will never be my version of Laura that I spent hundreds of years with. I also really liked the way he wrote her here, you know, like, Oh, you broke me down after only 200 years. Wow. Good work. (laughs) Um, I like that. She was eating the whole time. Yeah. I really like the little, little things like that. Modog and buffet and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I also really like the, (laughs) the, the reveal here that it was actually sink who is the one who went and mind wiped Ben Urich. On whose per- on whose permission? On whose orders? No one's. He did it. Apparently, he called an audible. That or, makes no. That's sense the way they're presenting it. How here. he is allowed to get away with that? It, it, makes it was no a pretty shitty to thing to do. And Cyclops is, I think, a little too cool with it, perhaps. He's but, way um, too fucking cool with it, dude. That's I had a lot of problems with this book. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. The main problem I have with it is if we know it's sort of ending. Because they're redoing this entire team. Doesn't it feel like the X-Men are going to be not this same lineup here in a month or two? When when we have the new election and all that shit? Uh, maybe not all of them are going, but uh, the shit between Sync uh, and, and Wolverine is wonderful. I wish it would play out over 50 issues, you know? But now it just kind of feels like it's over. I Just don't think Sink is leaving the team. I think that like Cyclops' reaction there is like, no, you are not. I get the it's feeling that like it's Polaris true, but it is feels like he's team, but... he's like, no, you're not leaving, so I can keep my fucking eye on you. Maybe, but but I really hope they keep Sink because like his writing for this awesome. issue was really really good. He's a character I did not give a shit about. I don't think I have ever even heard of him yeah. before he went into the vault in that part of Hickman's run, yeah. and in there and in here, he's been a really cool character. Yeah, no, I like everybody on on this team. I like everything that they're doing, even though the things that they're doing isn't your typical, even comic book storytelling. These all feel sort of like just connected one shots, you know? They, you, we're never going to see Modoc in this fucking book again. Probably not, not, but they have done a good job, like, <laughs> seeding things. And a lot of these things have panned out. Like, um, what's his name showing up on Mars? That was a really cool payoff oh, a few issues yes. ago. 
Yeah, it was. Um, and speaking yeah. of uh, Sink being a fuck-up a bit, um, when he gave his blood to the High Evolutionary, I'm sure he's got plans for that coming down the pipes. Also a very bad call that he made there. Yeah, Sink but, is the worst, dude. As cool as he is, as fun as he is to see, this, he's terrible. Character. He's a bit of a fuck-up, but he's he... He's a total fuck-up. He sucks. He's a... Uh, but hey, some of your favorite characters are fuck ups. Don't you oh, always sure. like gush about fucking? Uh, I'm a boom boom fan. Okay, or so yeah, and multiple man. alcoholic. All right, I love her so much. Jamie Madrox is like the biggest. Oh, fuck he's up. the worst. Oh, Jamie is the worst. Yeah, but uh, I don't know this thing about Laura and Sync. It, it's never gonna work. I, I wish they would. I kind of wish they just would have dropped it. I'm glad they didn't. I really enjoyed that dynamic yeah. playing out here. I think that's a really compelling story. <laughs> I think I think it can be, but I, I don't know. I, I have faith that Duggan's going to take it in a good spot. I'm just a little worried, you know. Uh, all right, I leave it to me. My number one, out of nowhere, nostalgia-fueled G.I. Joe, a real American hero. You're Saturday crapping morning. all over my pick? Jesus. <laughs> Saturday Morning Adventures, number one. No, X-Men is a solid pick. Art alone. Oh, yeah, the art's always, like, yeah. top shelf in that book. Uh, this is Eric Burnham and Dan Schoening. The art in this is perfect. Why? Because it is exactly what you expect from the source material. The source material for this is not a comic, okay? The stories that happened in the Marvel G1 comic of G.I. Joe had nothing to do ever with what was going on on the screen during the original animated series. This comic is a direct sequel to what was going on in the G.I. Joe comics. Now, it may not be in continuity because G.I. Joe, you know, had Cobra Commander eventually be turned into a snake and Serpentor taking over. This seems more like a season one episode of uh, the original animated series. And that's what this book uh, was was promised as. And it delivered exactly that. And it did it perfectly. The dialogue was great. Uh, basically. Cobra Commander finds an artifact. He has Zartan go get it for him. It's got Aladdin's lamp in it. He summons a genie. He wishes for giant bats. Bats are giant robots, battle android troopers, right? Uh, and that's it. He has the battle android trooper go attack the Joes. Uh, they do a little, you know, they beat it eventually. And then, I mean, how deep can I go? Into an episode of G.I. Joe. You know what I mean? There's yeah, not a I mean, depth here. I mean, it does look like they succeeded at making this a send-up of the old cartoon. You That's know? exactly what it was. It, this is a continuation of season one of the original G.I. Joe animated series. And it worked perfectly, if I can say so, even down to the one to grow on that they threw in at the end. This kid's reading a comic. And he's like, this comic sucks. I'm going to go tell everybody how bad it sucks. And Mainframe shows up, the computer guy for G.I. Joe, and says, hey, man, don't be an asshole on the fucking internet just because you didn't like something. Don't ruin somebody else's good time. It is kind of a good touch that they have like that yes. like fucking antique computer there as well. <laughs> yeah, right? The TSR or the TRS-100 or whatever the hell, the Radio Shack computer. Uh, but yeah, it, dude, this book had no business being this cool. Yes, fueled 100% by nostalgia, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's okay. Uh, I was really surprised that I liked this as much as I did. So, uh, yeah, G.I. Joe Saturday Morning Adventures number one. Uh, that's only a four issue miniseries, uh, which I'm a little upset about. 
Um, but that's what happens when you lose a license. You know? I mean, I feel like this maybe doesn't have the legs to go much longer than like a mini, you know? No, dude, this has legs to go for a while. It really, really I'll does. take your word for it. Uh, I, I'm in several G.I. Joe groups. And they all loved it. They all picked up copies. It's hitting spec over there with them now because there were like five variant covers for this book. So uh, it's it's got it's got some legs. So uh, will Image Skybound Kirkman whoever picks it up do the same similar thing? I doubt it. I really doubt it. Um, Not for a and, while, at least. Yeah, I think it's a winner if they would. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're going to. So. Uh, yeah, so we're booked out. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff this week. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming out next week. Uh, come back tomorrow. We're going to do our weekly show on Mondays where we talk about all of the new books coming out. So uh, definitely come for that. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We've got uh, all kinds of shit you can you can do. Go to OutrightGeekery.com. Check out the uh, comic book bullies. They'll be doing a show tonight on uh, these channels. Uh, OutrightGeekery.com has got links to everything you would ever need associated with uh, what we got going on. Uh, merch, Patreon, links to all of our social media. Uh, what else, man? We got shit going on throughout the week. Like I said, come back for our uh, show tomorrow night. Uh, David should be in for that. I don't know where Adam is. Hopefully he's going to come back eventually. Can't stay gone forever. I mean, Jules has. Yeah, it's true. I talked. I hadn't talked to Jules either. He won't. He won't message me back. So, no, I won't. Whatever. Again, everybody, thanks for hanging out. But most of all, thanks to this Joker for hanging out with that Joker. Yeah, I get that sweet Ted Lasso action. Yeah, we're gonna do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Getting so much better at that. Well, thank you, man. We've had a lot of practice. Yeah, lately. <laughs>